Hey, good morning, everybody. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty loud. <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> I think this is my second time I'm preaching here. And if uh, you are here the first time, i just like to introduce myself. Um, my official name is Amjad Muhammad. I was born in a Muslim family in India. And uh, I accepted Lord in 2002. And then it was difficult for me to live with my family. They abandoned me in 2004. And after that, uh, I moved to Nepal. And I lived a good chunk of my time in Nepal doing ministry with Nepali churches, where I met my wife, Babita. And I have been married uh, to my wife for the last 11 years. And uh, recently, we had a twins. Uh, three months ago, I have a twins. And last year, around this time, we adopted a daughter from India. So I have uh, three kids and my wife and I. And I'm a pastor here in the Nepali Gospel Church. Um, we use Bellas Church uh, Chapel every Saturday. So we have been using chapel for the last uh, two and a half years. And we started this Nepali Gospel Church in 2017 with seven families. Now we are 25 families to this day. And God is doing tremendous work uh, in our midst. Last year only, Pastor Evan and I think one of the leaders from Bellas uh, was with us. Uh, we had a, a good opportunity to baptize six uh, new Hindu friends uh, in uh, July 2021. So we are expecting two more Hindu friends. Um, I have been giving them um, a baptism class, so hoping uh, to baptize them in November 5th, I mean uh, June 5th this year. We have a church annual conference uh, just one hour away from here so we are baptizing uh, two more hindu friends this year as well and we are trying our best to reach out to hindu community around this area we did a good christmas outreach program here this December, this past december where we had more than 100 uh, hindu and buddhist friends right here in this room and we had a wonderful opportunity to share gospel with them so, yeah, this is uh, how Nepali Gospel Church is doing with the help and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I would like to extend my gratitude to all Bellas Church family for coming alongside us, praying for us, and allowing us to use Bellas Church facilities for which uh, Nepali Gospel Church is really, really grateful. And this morning, I'll, I'll go and start my uh, sermon. So our theme is Pray Biblically. And um, this, uh, these days, actually, I'm, I'm really busy. And I have a very little time uh, to spend um, in prayer. Like, I'm, I'm a PhD student at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And I have my twins and uh, my wife. And I have a ministry with Nepali Gospel Church, full-time pastor. And I'm a principal of online theological seminary, this seminary. Uh, I and one of my friends um, from Nepal, we started this online seminary. Uh, we teach in Nepali language. So online seminary last year around this time. And then we have 200 students from 10 different countries. And then uh, for that seminary, I am teaching world religion class these days, and I'm a principal. So I have so many things on my plate, and I, I have been wrestling um, every day, how to pray biblically. And um, the, the text that uh, we read um, 
uh, I think our elder was uh, talking about the Sermon of the Mount, and it, th this is a text taken from the Sermon of the Mount. And we will uh, talk about um, different kinds of prayer that I think I have experienced in my life. I was born in a Muslim family where I was required to pray five times a day. And then I grew up in a Hindu society where I see all of my friends praying almost every time in every corner because they have idols in every street. And whenever they walk, they will just go and they will start praying. In Nepal, it's like Athens city. And I grew up in a Muslim family. I have seen my, many of my Hindu friends praying and I became a Christian and I started wrestling how to pray biblically. And um, I learned a lot, I'm still learning. And therefore I thought, I think this would be a good uh, a sermon theme or sermon for me first and maybe for you all. That's why I have this um, theme, prayer biblically. So I want to highlight two different kinds of prayer as well from our today's text. So praying religiously, there is another headline. So many times, so when I say pray biblically, many times I prayed religiously. Verse 5, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corner that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So I prayed so many times. But whenever I prayed, I think I felt like the, the, focal, of, the focal point of my prayer was me. I was praying religiously. And I see many of my friends in, in, in my country, out in the street, praying. And they are seen by every people around them. And they are well praised for being so righteous person. And I was one of them. Jesus was teaching a, a, a huge crowd. The whole Sermon of the Mount, if we... If you look at the immediate context of our text today, this was the statement that Jesus was teaching to that crowd. Praying religiously. And the other thing is praying traditionally. So when we pray, you know, like by default, we pray traditionally. We, we grew up in a Christian family. We grew up in a Muslim family. We grew up in a Hindu family where we have been learning, okay, you have to pray. You have to pray. So we, we don't really think about how to pray biblically and then we start praying traditionally. Therefore, Jesus says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words, which has been a pattern of life for many of us. So praying traditionally means we are trained to pray. We are trained so much that we, we, we pray, but we pray in a way that it is a required by the church, maybe, 
by the pastor, by the leaders, by parents. But it is what I have been doing throughout my life. This is kind of a part of my tradition. And that was me. I prayed five times a day. But I never ever thought about relating to God, learning from him. But yes, my dad would require me to pray five times a day. I have to pray because this has been my home tradition. Then I do it. I never realized how to pray and connect with God. So when Jesus was telling all these things, the whole crowd was listening to him. And I'm sure that the people like me was in midst of that crowd. They were listening because they, you know, they might have been praying throughout their life religiously and traditionally, but Jesus is giving them a solid new perspective how to pray biblically that really connects with true God. So our these are our, the immediate context of our text. So before Jesus teaching his disciple how to pray, he describes these things first. Hey, look, this is how people have been praying and you might be one of that in that group, praying religiously, traditionally, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you a, a new, a solid new thing which actually has to be the pattern of prayer. That's why in Matthew 6, 8, 9, it says, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray like this. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Your God knows what you need. Because many times, whenever we pray, whenever I prayed, I always had, God, give me this. God, help that person. God, change that situation. And God, do some kind of things that fills me good. These were my prayers. But I realize when I, when I dig more into God's word and when I read the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus gives us a whole bunch of things to discipline our life, to help us to grow in relationship with him and relationship with others. And one of them was pray. And then Jesus taught, pray biblically. So when we pray biblically, Prayer changes us. First, because whenever we pray, we pray for something, somebody who needs to be changed, what has to be changed. We think everything outside of us whenever we pray. Whenever I prayed, I prayed that way. But when we pray biblically, it starts with my heart. Amen? Changes me first. 
2000, I think 15 are delivered. Uh, this was the illustration uh, in the booklet. When Robert Louis Stevenson was a boy, he once remarked to his mother, Mama, you can be good without praying? How do you know, Robert? She asked. Because I have tried, he answered. This brings to mind a story about another little fellow, one who had been sent to his room because he had been bad. A short time later, he came out and said to his mother, I have been thinking about what I did, and I said a prayer. And mother said, that's fine, she said. If, he, uh, if you ask God to make you good, he will help you. Oh, I didn't ask him to help me be good, replied the boy. Rather, he says, I asked him to help you put up with me. We don't want to change. Now, whenever we pray, we pray for something to change outside of me. Like this boy. He could have said, Lord, I have been very bad. Please change my heart. Change me, Lord. But instead of saying that, he says, God, please change my mom. Please help her to get on board with me so that I can do more bad. But when we pray biblically, this whole lot of things will happen. As long as we pray religiously and traditionally, the center of our prayer will not be God, but me. But biblical prayer's focal point is always God and his will. Amen? Biblical prayer's focal point is always God and his will. Therefore, when Jesus was teaching his, particularly his disciples, including the crowd who was around him, Jesus said, when you pray, you pray like this. Our Father in heaven. He didn't say like, okay, ask God whatever you need. Okay, do this. Okay, I think you have been very bad, so you ask for forgiveness, and God will give you. Those are true. God will definitely forgive our sin. But he teaches his disciples how to pray, and then he says this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. So we when we pray biblically, it changes us not because we, we become righteous, but we start seeking God's will. Not our will, not my will, but we begin to search what is God's will for me, for my family, for my ministry, for my friends. But that begins first with me. I will begin, he will begin to pray and ask and seek God's will first. And then only he says, and then pray this way, give us this day our daily bread. 
Because many times, whenever we start praying, this line comes in the first. This reflects our day-to-day -day needs. It could be real, real food, or maybe emotional food, or spiritual food, or, or social food, anything that has impacted our life a lot. So this line comes first. Instead of asking God's will, we begin to pray, Lord, please give me this. Provide this, tell him to change, or give me you know, all sort of things that makes me happy. John was telling about, you know, this is the world where we live today. They all, you know, the, all the people in the world today, they, they, they just want to feel good and happy. They think being good and happy, they got everything. But in reality, they are losing everything. When we pray biblically, God changes us because, not because uh, we, we are righteous after praying biblically, but we begin to seek God's will and place God in the first place of our life. God becomes the central focal point of our life, and he will start guiding us to the right direction that he likes us to go. So number one, so number two, when we pray biblically, prayer changes our perspective. Yeah, prayer changes our perspective, guys. It is, you know, I, I was youngest in the family, very naughty, very bad. The, the, the greatest thing that I have struggled in my life was it was so hard for me to forgive someone who, who did wrong against me all my life. Even if I, I accepted Christ, I became Christian to, uh, in 2002. Even after that, many things happened in my life. I was abandoned. I had a, 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 a hatred for my family because they hate me. They kicked me out of home, and I had to uh, become homeless, and I had to face all kinds of challenges in my life. I will never forgive them. And after that, when I was alone, I had so many struggles, many friends and people around me, they took advantage of me, they took me for granted, and they asked me to do all kinds of things just because I didn't have a money and place to stay. They used me. And I say, okay, my day will come. I'll take revenge. Not literally I pronounce those words, but those things were in my heart. It was so hard for me to forgive those friends. But as I keep digging into scripture, I kept, kept finding this truth that when I pray biblically, when my heart is changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and when I pray biblically, then God will change my perspective. And then I'll begin to see the beauty, the beauty of life in me and in other folks. Jesus says, when you pray, he says, and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus is teaching his disciples. So 
disciples didn't know that how their sin has been, had been forgiven at this point. But surely they will know later on their lives. But this time, in this particular moment, Jesus is giving them a new perspective. Jesus knew that he will be crucified. He will be tortured. He will be hated by those people around them, actually, who is following him all the days. And Jesus knew that his disciples one day will face a similar situation in their life. People won't love me, love them anymore when they will start preaching about Christ. So Jesus knew that they will have to go through that route and he's already teaching them, hey, when you pray, God will help you to change your perspective because if your heart is not yet changed, then you will be thinking about taking revenge like me. But when your heart is changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, then you will have this new perspective, the perspective of Christ, who was hated by all the people, who was crucified, yet he says the first word on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. This is our Lord. Amen? This is our Lord. The Lord we trust, the Lord we follow. He says he did nothing wrong. Peter acknowledged that Jesus never sinned. He never told a lie. Yet he was crucified. And he says the first word from the cross, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Life without prayer, life without biblical prayer is like a desolate land where cultivation is unimaginable. We, we love to cultivate good relationship with our friends, our fellow workers, and, and cultivate good relationship with God. But we stand in the wrong place. We do not pray biblically. And we try as hard as we could, and still we see misery. We pray so many times for, you know, like there, are, there are so many prayers not being answered even though we have prayed for that matter a long, long time and we don't see any change. And sometimes we are frustrated. Why, Lord? I have been praying. I have been fasting. Why is this still the same? Why don't things get changed? actually start a prayer religiously, traditionally. We don't learn to pray biblically. And praying religiously and traditionally is, is like a life without prayer. But life without prayer, it's, it's very obvious that it's like a desolate land where cultivation is unimaginable. We cannot flourish in our relationship with God. And when we don't flourish in relationship with God, we cannot flourish in our relationship with one another. This is what I've experienced in my life. When my relationship with God was not good, I didn't have a good relationship with my friends and people around me. I always struggle. I always struggle a lot. 
So last, when we pray biblically, God encourages us. Prayer binds us with God and one another. So when we pray biblically, so these things happen in our lives then. Prayer binds us. He helps us. It helps us to have a good, solid relationship with God. And with him, we will learn how to have a good relationship with one another. This is the differences, the people in the world and the people in the church. That it, there are good people in the world. They do many good things, better than church people does, actually. They, they, they give their best to have a good relationship, good friendship, to establish a good community where they can flourish. And they, they do all kinds of good stuff. But at the end, everything will collapse. Because the root, the root of that good relationship that we desire every day actually is in Christ. That's, that begins with Christ. So I used to uh, use this illustration, the cross, we see cross this way. So the, the, the message of the cross, the first that the vertical line helps us understand that our relationship with God. And when we have a good relationship with God and our relationship with one another will be, oh yes, will be good. So when we pray biblically, Jesus taught these things like when you pray, the whole point that Jesus was teaching his disciple was Okay, when you pray biblically, dear friends, it will help you guys to connect with the Father. And when you are connected with the Father, no worries, no matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens in your life, you will be able to have a good relationship with one another. Not because through your own understanding, your knowledge, your might, but God will help you to navigate that route where you can build a good relationship with one another. And the good thing about the Jesus I love and I trust, because I have been in a Muslim family where I never ever felt God's presence. I never saw him and I never, I never had opportunity uh, to learn that there's God because Allah is there, but we don't know where he is. And I saw my Hindu friends, they have a, Millions God, they are not able to communicate with, you know, like those millions, millions God. But here I came and, and found one God in the church, and his name is Jesus. He's very personal. I didn't go to him, but he came to me, and he told me all these things. And the beautiful about Christ, I always tell my family, those who are around me sometime. You know what? The Jesus I trust, I love, he's different God than your God. Because for you, you have to search your God, but the God I love, he came to me. And he didn't just simply came to me and say, Joshua, do this. Okay, you go and you pray. Okay, you go and tell your family this is what you're supposed to do. Jesus never said these things just, and he walked away. No, he never. Jesus taught so many things throughout his life to his disciples.
But always first thing, he displayed his own life as an example before them. When Jesus taught these all things in the Sermon on the Mount, after that, whenever we read the scripture, every time we can read that, Jesus woke up early in the morning, he went up to the mountain and he prayed. Every time, one after another, scriptures tells us that he didn't just simply ask his disciples to pray, but he prayed every time. He set a good example before his disciples. And we know that uh, whenever we know that uh, if I'm from India, so if I have to leave this country tomorrow, if government asks, that's why you cannot stay here any longer. So you have to leave America and you go, to back, go back to your country. Then I have a church here. I'm a pastor. So the last thing I will tell my church would be very significant. I would not just simply say a few words and I'll leave. No, I cannot do that. I will say the very significant things to my church so that they can flourish in ministry, in relationship with God. Similarly, when Jesus knew that he was going to depart from this world, we know the prayer he prayed. Even at the last hour of his life on earth, Jesus prayed. He, he didn't simply say to his disciples to pray, and he left. But throughout his life, he prayed and prayed and prayed. And at the last moment of his life, he again, through his own life, tells his disciples, friends, you got to pray biblically. Don't be influenced by the people around you, the hypocrites. They like to pray in the, the public square so that they are recognized by the people. No, you cannot do that. Instead, you have to go into your room, shut the door behind and pray. That doesn't mean that we have to do prayer that way. But Jesus was just teaching them the focal point of your prayer has to be God. Not the things around you or the people around you. So Jesus said in Luke 22, 39, 41, the word of God says, Jesus went out as usual. As usual. To the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And then he withdrew about stone of throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed. This is our Lord Jesus. And he taught his disciples. Uh, and we, we read that passage from the Sermon on the Mount. But this is his final hour his, uh, of his life. And he prays this way. Father, if you are willing. He didn't just taught his disciples to pray that way. But he himself, at the very last hour, I said, the words that we speak to someone that we know that we are departing from each other, we would say very significant thing. And Jesus, at this moment of this passage we are reading, he is in that hour. And he is displaying his own life as an example and telling his disciple 
to live and to fail this way. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours will be. But your but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So this is the extreme picture that we see Jesus praying at the final hour of his life. The extreme picture. Was it necessary for Jesus to pray? I asked this question myself because when I came to church, somebody told me Jesus is God. Oh, yeah. Then if Jesus was God, was it necessary for Jesus to pray? Because he himself was God. Why? I didn't understand at the first time when I was reading this passage. Why was it necessary for Jesus to pray? Pray this way, in an extreme way. And as I as I read scripture one after another time, one after another. Jesus was 100% God, 100% man. And at the same time, from both perspectives of his, his life, he was teaching and displaying his life as an example, being a second Adam. Because the first Adam was failed to do the things that he's supposed to do. Now, Jesus being the second Adam, he was telling all the people of the world, hey, this is why and how God created human beings. This is what first Adam supposed to do. Therefore, when we get into our eternal home with the Lord, we don't have to pray because we will get to see him face to face. We can talk him. So Jesus being a 100% man, 100% God, second Adam, he was displaying this great example among his people, among his disciples, hey, this is what the Father and he, heaven desires. And like you see, that thing happening in your life. So when I prayed religiously, traditionally, and habitually sometimes, I always found my wife wrong. When I prayed religiously, traditionally, and habitually, I always found my wife wrong. Similarly, I found people in the church wrong and leaders in the ministry too. And I always struggle. I always struggle. I, I saw my wife wrong every time. Whatever she did, I didn't like it. My leaders, whatever they did, I didn't like it. I'm not talking about the leaders in Nepal. It's just I, I was in Nepal for 10 years, and I did ministry with many Nepali leaders in Nepal. And it was pretty hard for me. I, I, I was learning. I'm still learning. There is a lot more to do. But those days were pretty hard for me. I found people in the church wrong, leaders in the ministry too. And I always prayed to God to change them and make them able to do the things that I wanted them to do. When I kept pushing myself to pray such prayer, I was, I was frustrated and I messed up my life and my relationship with my wife, including the leaders in the church. And there was a point like I even told my wife, I think we should separate. I was in the ministry in Nepal. I felt like I think I cannot stay with my life any longer. 
it was that difficult for me. I was praying. But I was praying to God like that boy, like, God, would you change my wife? Because she's not doing the things that I want her to do. And I was praying like, God, would you change the leaders in the church? Because, you know, they, they are messing up all my ministry plans. And then I was, I cannot stay with my wife any longer. I had a almost every day long fight with my wife. And I still remember my wife crying every time, every night almost. And now I, I remember those days I feel so guilty about doing all those evil things. But God was so gracious. He showed me the scripture, especially his own life. Jesus said, hey, Joshua, this is what's going on in your life. You are praying religiously. You are praying traditionally. You are praying habitually. But you need to pray biblically. Because that is the only thing that will change your heart, change you, will change your perspective, and will help you to build your relationship with the Father. And from Father, God, you will begin to see the beauty of relationship with your wife, with your church leaders, with your friends, with your neighbors. Yeah, we try so many times to have good relationship with one another. And we should have that desire. If we have that desire, friends, praying religiously and traditionally will not help us to build that relationship. But when we pray biblically, biblically, yeah, we can still ask God so many things. But the the point of biblical prayer is the focal point of our prayer has to be God, not me, not you, not anything else. First, our prayer has to start with the will of God, like Jesus did. He said, Father, please remove this cup. But he said, if it is your will, so maybe there are so many cups in our lives that we have been praying to remove and remove, but we are not asking for God's will. So I have those cups in my life, and there will be, I know, but I will always pray this way. Lord, the life that I'm living, I have so many struggles, so many challenges all around me. My relationship with so many ABC people is not good yet, but I, I pray that you help me. Help me pray biblically. Help me to change. Help me to change my perspective. And help me to be friend with you first. And help me to be friend with others. This is Christianity. This is the message of the Bible, friends. The message of the cross. And then when we have the opportunity to follow Christ... I think this is the best thing that we have found in this world. Because there are hundreds and millions of people in the uh, in the United States, in India, in Nepal. But I, I feel very sad about them because they don't have this opportunity to learn from God's word. So it is our opportunity uh, that we have received from God 
to bring this message to people around us and to tell about Jesus, the things that we have learned and heard and experienced from him. So I, I just like to conclude this, that I'm still, I'm still learning to pray biblically. I, I, I said uh, about praying biblically, but that doesn't mean I am mastered. Now, I have PhD in a prayer. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm still learning, learning every day, learning. And I also encourage you. If you think you're struggling in your life, uh, if you are not being able to forgive somebody, if you think that if you are still uh, praying, to, uh, praying for somebody to change or change your situation or anything that you, you're praying which is absolutely outside of you and you have never ever uh, had a chance to see into your heart, then maybe this is the time for us. Start praying biblically and ask God to change you and change me first. And then see how God is gracious and his kindness and his mercy will flow out of our life. And people around us will be blessed by the life that we will live during that. Amen? Amen. Can I pray? Lord, thank you for changing my life still. Lord, I'm, I'm struggling a lot. Help me to love my wife and my uh, friends and my families, Lord. Especially, Lord, I, I want to say that Jesus, as he, he taught us to pray biblically, Lord, through his life, he didn't simply say these words by his mouth, but he lived a wonderful, good example, exemplary life before us, Lord. And I pray that help each one of us to follow Christ faithfully so that, Father, at the end, as we will meet you in our eternal home, Father, we could see you face to face and not be embarrassed by the words that we, we do knowingly and unknowingly sometimes. But, Father, we pray that give us strength to pray biblically and to, and to help us grow more in relationship with you and with one another and help us to be a channel of blessings to our people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.